Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And good evening, one and all, and welcome to the X-Zone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I am your host. I am your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. The X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, Right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, iHeart Radio, and for all our listeners in Oregon on AM 1600 KOHI. My guest this hour is the Reverend Dr. Barry Downing, who I had the pleasure of having on the show many years ago. In fact, it was uh, Reverend Dr. Downing who was one of the very first people who talked openly about UFOs in the Bible. Um, he is the pastor emeritus of Northminster Presbyterian Church in Endwell, New York. He holds a degree in physics from Hartwick College, a divinity degree from Princeton Theological Seminary, and a PhD from the University of Edinburgh, Scotland, where he majored in the relation between science and religion. He published The Bible and Flying Saucers in 1968, that was 50 years ago, Exonation, and Biblical UFO Revelations in 2017. He is listed in the Who's Who in Theology and Science and has been a consultant in religion to the Mutual UFO Network since 1972. He has appeared in several of the History Channel productions of Ancient Alien series and going back to 1997, uh, Barry and I were part of the BBC special, Contact. Joining me now is the Reverend Dr. Barry Downing. And Barry, welcome back to the X-Zone. It is so good to have you with us again. Okay, and it's good to be here. Glad that's worked out. <clears throat> My gosh, 50 years. Uh, did you? Yes. <laughs> yes, go ahead. That kind of throws you back uh, saying, holy cow. Uh, when you wrote your first book, going back 50 years ago, what do you what did you think the impact would be and what changes have you seen in ufology over the years? Okay, I guess um, I could say that I over anticipated a big reaction to my book when it first came out. Mm -hmm. And there there was a reaction, there was some reaction more local, okay? Um, it certainly raised the eyebrows in my congregation somewhat. Um, but I think, in general, the congregation handled it well. At the same time, the people not in the congregation were saying in the neighborhood, my gosh, the Presbyterian Church has a UFO, not as a pastor. You know, So you had that kind of thing going. Mm -hmm. The basic reviews of my book were negative from, we'll say, religious people. I mean, the Los Angeles Times gave it a good review, but I don't think the woman who reviewed it was 
a seminary graduate. But uh, the conservatives uh, wished it had never been published, and the liberals thought it was kind of a joke. So those were kind of the two reactions from the two wings, especially of Protestantism. Right. I wasn't paying close enough attention at the time, but uh, Catholics were more open to what I was saying than Protestants. Hmm. And part of that I come to realize is that Catholics believe that miracles can happen almost any day. Right. Uh, often it's uh, the Virgin Mary showing up here or there, but uh, it doesn't blow the Catholic's mind to think of the possibility that angels might show up. And whereas for Protestants, conservative Protestants think that once the Bible uh, was written and uh, the canon was decided on, God didn't do any more miracles. That was enough. And so when conservatives criticize my work, often they say Downing relies more on experience than the Bible. Experience is kind of like a deadly word to conservative Protestants. Uh, it means you're cheating. You know, you're looking for God right here and now. And, and you shouldn't do that. You should just look in the Bible. So uh, that's kind of Protestant conservative reaction. Liberal Protestants, well, remember the death of God theology was just getting going as I was about to be ordained. I mean, this is really bad timing, you know, that God is pronounced dead just as I'm about to begin my ministry. So, but at the same time, it's precisely because of uh, the issues that led to the death of God that I had done the Bible and flying saucers. The issues that led to the death of God is that smart, educated people said, you know, we can't believe in this miraculous stuff in the Bible anymore. You know, things like the parting of the Red Sea or the resurrection of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. in fact, one of my seminary professors in teaching a class on doctrine was talking about the Apostles' Creed. In the Apostles' Creed, we, you know, we read, Jesus was crucified, yes. dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And the professor said, no one today believes in the ascension, do they? And if Jesus didn't ascend, where is his body? We may only suppose it lies buried somewhere in the Middle East. Well, I'd say my jaw dropped about three feet, if it could have, <laughs> um, when I heard that. Because, you know, what am I going to say at a funeral, you know? Yeah. Uh, just, I would say, you know, now folks, you know, 20 years ago, I would have said that we know grandma's in heaven now and we're happy about that. But I just graduated from seminary and learned we don't say that anymore. Uh, you know, grandma's gone bye-bye and that's it, you know. Um, I, I just found it extremely difficult to think about uh, trying to be a pastor without having confidence in the biblical message. At the same time, I, as you already mentioned, I had a degree in physics. I respected science. And so when my professor said the reason we don't believe in the ascension is because biblical people didn't have our cosmology. They thought heaven was straight up. Hell was below the earth and the earth was in the middle. We know none of that is true now. And therefore, there was no ascension. And I thought, you know, we see airplanes going up into the air. Yeah. We don't think it's because we believe in a three-decker universe. It's because we know planes take off and they fly somewhere. Uh, how do we know that whatever Jesus did after uh, his resurrection and his ascension, maybe his ascension was to someplace we just don't know about. So that was my thinking, but I felt I needed some educational support for that. So I went to the University of Edinburgh and studied my PhD there and did my dissertation on Isaac Newton and his concepts of time and space. And uh, while I was doing that, I kind of tumbled into the idea that maybe we should look at the Bible from a space age point of view. Maybe we should look at, uh, so for the possibility that there are UFOs in the Bible because I'd already been reading about UFOs uh, from Donald Kehoe and people like that. Right kind of how I fell into it. What kind of changes have you seen and you followed you over the years, uh, Barry? All right. First of all, I was invited to um, be part of the Mutual UFO Network by mm -hmm. uh, the person who organized it in 1972. And uh, I published many articles in the MUFON UFO Journal over the years. It was Walter Andrews who started MUFON. 
And I was pretty well accepted there, except by Christian fundamentalists <laughs> who complained about me uh, quite a bit. Uh, but other than that, MUFON treated me pretty well. And it, it was good that I had MUFON because by and large, very few churches invited me to speak. Uh, maybe three or four in the area invited me to speak. By and large, I was invited to speak to UFO organizations. So I kept in the UFO game, I guess I'd say, because of my involvement with MUFON. Uh, in terms of the changes, I would say where we are now, fewer people care about the Bible than they did 50 years ago. And in some ways, I think people, fewer people care about UFOs now than they did 50 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there's a sense in which uh, UFOs were talked about to the point where you just say, well, they're either there or they're not. The government's either lying or it isn't, who knows. Um, it's interesting to read the um, Wikipedia article on unidentified flying objects because the whole thing um, reads along the lines that it might be a government statement. You know, there's no real scientific proof that UFOs are real or anything like that. At the same time, uh, you've got so many UFO sightings that uh, they have types of UFOs. Mm -hmm. They're large triangular craft or triangle light patterns. There are cigar-shaped craft or lighted windows, cylinders. You know, it's kind of wild that there are no UFOs, and yet there are so many of them. We've got types, you know. Exactly. So we, Barry, we're going to have to take our commercial break. Please stand by. Explanation, our very special guest this hour is Reverend Dr. Barry Downing. And if you'd like to find out more information about uh, Dr. Downing, the Reverend Dr. Barry Downing, excuse me, sir, just Google his name and all the information will be found there on his books and the several articles he has written. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Wilda Wiaka's latest book, The Science of Magic, Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is the first book in a series based on her writings that open every episode of The Science of Magic radio show. Drawing on the subject matter of each guest, and armed with over 40 years' experience in shamanism, 35 years in alternative health, and degrees in psychology and religious studies, Wilda introduces relevant and leading-edge information that supports spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Rich with wisdom and inspirational quotes packaged in digestible segments, this is a book that will pull you from cover to cover. It will also serve as a daily inspirational reading for years to come. The Science of Magic Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is available at our website, tsompublications.com, amazon.com, and wherever fine books are sold. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. 
Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the X-Zone, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible, and what might they do next? Find out more, X-Zone Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Hello, yeah, it's been a while, not much. How about you? I'm not sure why I called. I guess I really just wanted to talk to you. And I was thinking maybe later on we could get together for a while. It's been such a long time and I really do miss your smile. And welcome back, everyone. Reverend Dr. Barry Downing is my special guest this hour. And uh, we're talking to the good reverend about Bibles and uh, the flying and flying saucers. Wow, 50 years in this field, uh, Barry. Are we any closer to disclosure now than we were, let's say, 10 years ago? Well, we must be assuming you put disclosure... Um, is an X somewhere in the future <laughs> or 10 years closer. But uh, whether or not that's 100 years to go, I don't know. I want to comment a bit more where we left yes, off. Yes, please, sir. Please, uh, sir. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a key part of my argument is that uh, a UFO, pillar cloud by day and pillar fire by night, was a critical part of the exodus, including parting the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. Um in, in, we'll say, educational circles now, uh, if your children went to a university and went to a class on religion, what would they read about Moses? According to Wikipedia, the consensus on Moses now is that he was a literary figure like Hamlet in a Shakespeare play. In other words, that Moses never existed. So if that's where scholarship is now, you can see how little chance my arguments have to be taken seriously because most college people and professors don't think UFOs are real either. So but, but if, UFOs, if Moses, if Moses didn't exist, then the first four books of the Bible were written by who? Um, well, <laughs> they would say by editors. Uh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But in any case, uh, unless you, until I would say uh, the government or somebody convince us that UFOs are real, mm-hmm. then what kind of arguments I'm making don't have much of a chance of making an event on either what you would call liberal theological scholarship or what I would call, uh, you know, religious studies uh, courses in our universities. So, you know, our children are mostly being brought up that there is no evidence of God. Uh, the universe was, or rather life on earth just evolved and um, and religions are things that were made up uh, either starting out with idolatry to begin with, mm-hmm. but now maybe just our own ideas that there might be a God, but uh, it doesn't have much impact on life. So it's God has been like poured through the sieve of American uh, intellectualism, I would say, in the past 50 years, and not much God left. Um, and... I don't think anybody's asked what happens to a culture that goes godless. Um, and, and of course, I don't know what the answer is. A lot of things in our culture now don't look good to me. Yeah. Uh, kids shooting kids in school and that mm. kind of stuff about it. Um, and so I don't know. I, I, I believe that the truth matters. It might be that releasing UFO information would do damage to much of the Christian tradition. Uh, Christian fundamentalists uh, uh, of some type argue that UFOs are real, but they're demons. Clifford Wilson, John Weldon, Timothy Daly, Bates, these are all guys that have argued for the demonic theory of UFOs. And then Chuck Missler and Mark Eastman have argued that they may be fallen angels. 
Okay, I don't buy either of these theories, but at the same time, that's what the conservative wing of Protestantism has argued. Um, whether or not release of UFO information would change their minds in a good way, I don't know. But in any case, I think that the release of UFO information would change our science almost as much as our religion. Because I can't imagine that the aliens that appear have been flying in our skies not only just since 1947, but probably thousands of years. I can't imagine they've not impacted the development of life on Earth. This isn't the same as Genesis chapters one through three, but at the same time, it means that intelligent design has been involved in the development of life on Earth, uh, that we are what we are because some higher beings have decided we're going to exist and be what we are. I think just that would have a spiritual transforming power on our culture, and I think our culture needs it. As it is now, I think we're just in spiritual freefall. What do you think uh, is the most important biblical passage linking UFOs and the Bible, Barry? It's Exodus chapter 14, starting at verse 19. This is the passage that deals with the parting of the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. Uh, in chapter 13 of Exodus, it's interesting, the Jewish people have been liberated from Pharaoh and slavery in Egypt following Passover. And when they get out of Egypt a ways, they now announce that something is leading them. And that's called a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And that's Exodus uh, 13, verses 21 and 22. And it says, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. So this is an announcement that that thing was going to be there for the, all the rest of the Exodus, mm -hmm. which lasted 40 years. What is a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night? Well, no one in official theology knows. If you read uh, the Interpreter's Bible, uh, the chapter or the book of Exodus explanation, it says it's basically mythological, meaning it didn't exist. Um, and I don't blame them. Uh, this is, I have the 1952 edition of the Interpreter's Bible. A lot of ministers have this set. It's a 12-volume set. Um, and so I can't say it's their fault because they didn't think about the pillar cloud and fire being some type of spaceship. But right. uh, once you think of the possibility that the pillar cloud is a spaceship, suddenly the parting of the Red Sea becomes very interesting because the Bible says, first of all, the pillar cloud and the fire of the Exodus UFO led Israel up to the Red Sea, which looks like a really dumb move because Pharaoh and his chariots are coming up behind and the the sea is going to keep the Jews from escaping. They're all going to be killed unless the pillar cloud of fire has the technology or the power to cause the water to split, which, of course, we all know happened because it's such a famous story. But in any case, the Bible says that the parting of the Red Sea was done probably by this power. Now, most interpreters try to explain the parting of the Red Sea by maybe a strong wind coming up at just the right time. But the biblical view is that the power for the parting came from the Lord, and the Lord is in the pillar of cloud and fire. Um, eventually, in verses like 25 and 26, we find the pillar of cloud and fire is hovering directly over the open sea channel. Mm -hmm. I believe that it used its propulsion system, whatever that is, to split the waters. Uh, and if anyone buys the latest uh, version of my book that's out now, Biblical UFO Revelations, you'll see the, the cover story is the story of the part of the Red Sea with Moses walking through the open panel and, the, and a UFO hovering up above. Uh, but in any case, when Jewish people had made it to high and dry on the other side, something interesting happened. The uh, chariots of Egypt followed in the open channel. And suddenly something went wrong. And the Jewish people are on the other side, and they're probably in a prayer that goes something like this. Oh, God, thank you for saving us. Thank you for parting the water. That's a fantastic miracle. I never would have thought of it. Wouldn't even have prayed for it. By the way, if you look lately, the Egyptians <laughs> are using the same channel. Come and get us. Yeah. What, kind of, yeah. what kind of a miracle is this? So they are not really safe yet. Mm-hmm. And we all know that the walls of water then collapsed and drowned the Egyptians. 
the odd thing is that they include this bit in chapters 24 and 25 and 26. The Lord in the pillar of cloud and of fire looked down upon the host of the Egyptians doing something to the chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And this is where there's a dispute. The translators of the Revised Standard Version put in the word clogging as if the chariots were driving mud. And yet three times in the text, it says Israel crossed on dry ground. Uh, if some type of power system was used to split the waters, there's a good chance there was a microwave effect that dried out the seabed too, so that it would have been dry. What else might have been happening to cause problems for the chariot wheels? If you look in the Revised Standard Version of the translation of the word clogging, there's a cue after it, and that's your cue to look at the foot of the page because the translators fudged. They couldn't make sense of the real word that's there. And the real word says either that the chariot wheels were broken or that they were bound up or locked up. In fact, one Jewish translation I've read says they were locked up. How could this be? Hmm. Well, some type of heat beam coming down from the pillar cloud of fire could have caused these problems, either to break off the axles or the axles have been made of metal, so would the hubs. It would only take a little bit of heat to cause them to expand enough so that the wheels would not turn on the axles and they would freeze up and lock up and then the chariots would not drive well. So I suspect that that's what happened. This is an astounding, what you might call, piece of data or what I call it, an environmental impact statement. <laughs> because uh, even the translators couldn't make right. sense what we're going on here. All right, Barry, you and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Please stand by. ExoNation, Reverend Dr. Barry Downing is our special guest. And uh, to find out more about uh, Reverend Dr. Barry Downing, where you can get his books and read online articles. Just Google his name. It's that plain. It's that simple. And we'll both be back after the news as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.
Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Do you believe in magic in a young girl's heart? How the music can free her whenever it starts and it's magic. If the music is grooving and makes you feel happy like an old time movie, I'll tell you about the magic and the free of soul. But it's like Welcome back, everyone. Reverend Dr. Barry Downing is my special guest this hour, and we're talking about the Bible and flying saucers. And uh, Dr. Downing has a new book out entitled Biblical UFO Revelations. Barry, when we look at the, the crossing of the Red Sea and with all these interpretations that, that are coming out, why isn't the biblical scholarly people more apt to look at everything that happened in the Bible in more modern terms. Why is everything kept back in the way that the that the people way back then would have looked at things? Oh, for one thing, I think when you're trained, it will say you take Hebrew mm-hmm. and Aramaic and you learn all these languages, your your mindset gets absorbed in that culture. Uh, and so you're not exactly a modern person because right. you've devoted your life to understanding people who lived in tents and herded sheep and goats, you know. So it's not easy to make that transition. And I don't, I don't blame the people who say who published the uh, Interpreter's Bible in 1952 mm-hmm. for not having caught on to, uh, to the fact that UFOs might be an issue here. Uh, you know, basically... Flying saucers just barely become a name by the time, by 1952, uh, if the UFO Roswell crash in 47 kind of kicked off the modern era. Uh, you can't expect biblical scholars to have jumped right in on that at that time. Um, and so that's that's how it was, I would say, in terms of how I got to this point. Mm-hmm. It was because of just feeling that the science-religion conflict had made it so that um, Christianity wasn't really viable in our modern culture. That's how I felt. So I felt something needed to be done. All right, let's say disclosure takes place. Will the consequences be different for Catholics than Protestants, Jews, and Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists? Okay, good question. Uh, Obviously, I'm not a specialist uh, in... uh, in Eastern religions, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, Dr. Richard Thompson has written a book called Alien Identities, and he's a student of the Upanishads, and he feels that there are many images of um, UFOs and kind of alien contacts in the Hindu tradition. Mm-hmm. So th- those things are there. I think that both Buddhism and Hinduism would be relatively unshook up, I guess I would say, uh, by revelation that UFOs are there and that aliens are there. Uh, you know, the, the Hindus believe in multiple gods, and um, and so I think adjusting to the idea that there are superior beings flying around in our skies, they'd be okay with that. But when the, you, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, sir. You know, the impact on Judaism and Christianity, I would say, would be primary. I, I don't see a lot being written by Muslim writers. There, there's a little on it. And certainly 
the Jewish, Christian, and Muslim traditions overlap. Um, you know, Moses, maybe his dates around 1200 to 1000 BC, depending on whether or not you think he was just a literary figure like Hamlet or whether right. he really lived. And Jesus, of course, uh, from around uh, 4 BC on. And then Muhammad, maybe 600 years, I believe, after Jesus. So those are the three major um, religious figures in the West. And Muhammad believed in both uh, Moses and Jesus prophets. He just didn't believe in Jesus as a divine figure. Uh, he saw him just as a prophet, like Elijah or Moses. Mm -hmm. And I think he saw himself as another prophet. Um, now, whether or not Muslims would want to suppose that Muhammad had some kind of alien contact that gave him the visions he had, uh, he reported, you know, visitations from the Gabriel, angel Gabriel that gave him uh, the Quran and the visions for the Quran. So I think that Muslims would have to deal with that question somewhat. Um, the issues for Jews and Christians, I think, is, is a very big issue. Uh, Jewish people have not reacted much to it. Uh, you know, uh, Stanton Friedman, who lives in Canada, sure. and is a, a good friend and has been very supportive of me, uh, even though, you know, his faith point of view, I would say, is not strong in either the Jewish direction or any other direction, mm -hmm. but he, he respects people who have religious views and he respects the work that I've done. I'm thankful for that. But the the Jewish story of the Exodus to me is the story of an alien power, and I could also call it an angelic power, which planned the whole thing, planned the whole thing from Passover right up through the Red Sea into the wilderness where manna is dropped from the sky, I suspect from the pillar of cloud and of fire, the Exodus UFO, lands on Mount Sinai, gives Moses not only the Ten Commandments, but 600 plus commandments and the formation of the Jewish religion. So from my point of view, the Jewish religion is an extraterrestrial main religion. Um, whether or not these beings are angelic in the sense that traditional theology has thought of them, mm -hmm. or whether they're highly evolved beings from some other uh, solar system or some other galaxy, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting, you know, we didn't even know there was more than one galaxy until about 100 years ago. You know, we thought it was just all the Milky Way, and it wasn't until I think we got the Hubble telescope up there that we could begin to decide that, wow, some of these stars aren't stars, they're actually other galaxies. So uh, our expanding knowledge of the universe uh, in the last 100 years is mind-boggling, and it's not surprising that theology has been kind of way behind in trying to catch up with this. Um, in terms of uh, how close we are to to uh, disclosure, which was the question you asked about five minutes ago, um, the problem is it has to appear to be in the government's interest to disclose UFO reality, I think. And I don't see what's in it for the government to do it. How does the government benefit? It's not whether or not we the people benefit. How does any government benefit by saying, yep, aliens are here, they're quite smart, their technology is very good, it's better than ours. Um, unless, uh, unless there's something obvious that will empower our leaders that the aliens can the release of UFO information would lead to. I don't see it happening. But why wouldn't they uh, look at the re, the you know the coming out with the information in disclosure that this could actually prove that the Bible is real and prove that everything that has been said and prophesied is real and look at the the entrance of the extraterrestrials as the second coming of Christ. Right, so that's exactly what they would not want. Okay. But why? But right. why? You know, the entire the entire basis is of the of the government is in God we trust. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's good of you to say that. All right, let's uh, back up a bit. Okay. Uh, the think about Pharaoh and Moses. Mm -hmm. Okay, Moses came to Pharaoh and said, "I come to you, our God. Our God wants us to go into the wilderness to worship Him." 
Pharaoh doesn't want any of that, you know. Uh, he fights Moses every step of the way. Mm -hmm. He lies to Moses, says, okay, maybe I'll go with you after the plague of flies or after the plague of frogs, but he keeps going back on his word. Right. Or he goes to the New Testament. Uh, the wise men come to Herod and say, hey, we've seen this star in the eye. we got a star in the sky. We think the Savior's here. Oh, good. Let me know where he is. I'll come and worship him, you know. Mm -hmm. And that was baloney, okay, the— Earthly powers see heavenly powers as competition. You know, you and I don't see them as competition, but yeah. if you're a political reader, leader, you see UFOs as potentially com uh, competition for adoration, com uh, competition for respect. And uh, furthermore, if you can't imagine how much money is being spent on keeping the UFO secret now, I mean, you've got a lot of secret keepers. Um, and, you know, what was it? A guy by the name of Rumsfeld, who was Secretary of Defense back mm -hmm. in 2001, said that there was over $2, million, $2 trillion in defense money that was unaccounted for. I mean, you can buy a lot of silence. But, but here's, the, here's, my, here's my question, and I've got to go to a commercial, our final break uh, after this question, Barry, and I'd like you to think about it over the break. If the President of the United States cannot have an affair in the most secure building in the world without the rest of the world knowing about it later on. How in the name of God can you hide the existence of extraterrestrials and UFOs from the people? It makes no sense to me. Stand, okay. stand by. Yep. All right, we're going to come back, and uh, I look forward to your answer on that. Exonation, Dr. Reverend... Reverend Dr. Barry Downing is my guest this hour. We're talking to Barry about his books, The Bible and Flying Saucers, and his new book entitled Biblical UFO Revelations. And if you'd like to find out more about um, Reverend Dr. Barry Downing, just Google his name and all the information will be found, as well as the articles that he's written. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And don't forget, you can always... Listen to the Exxon Broadcast Network with our compliments and see what programming we have available for you 24-7-365 at www.xzbn.net. One of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce, is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon Radio Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201 934-8986 or Skype at Elizabeth.Joyce And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. 
I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Doctor Reverend Doctor Barry Downing is our special guest this hour. And uh, first of all, Barry, thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's a great pleasure uh, talking to you again after all these years. Um, but you know, my my question basically was: How can they maintain disclosure and the secrecy when everyone found out about, you know, Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky, and the rest of them? All right, let me go at it. Uh from UFO point of view first. Okay. okay. March 12, 2015, talk show host Jimmy Kimmel interviewed President Obama. Mm -hmm. And during that, he stated if he were president, first thing he would do to seek out the truth about Area 51 and UFOs. After some going back and forth, and this stuff is on the internet if anybody wants to check, and answer the question about UFOs, Obama said, I can't reveal anything. Kimmel then said that he had President Clinton on the show and asked him the same question, and Clinton said he looked into it and didn't find anything. Obama replied, that's what we're instructed to say. Who are the instructors? Well, they're the guys that have the money, okay? Yeah. <laughs> they're paid the money to keep the UFO secrets. And in, it's different It's different. UFOs are from sex, okay? Um, John Kennedy had a lot of affairs going, but it was not published because there was a general, gentleman's agreement among the press who didn't publish uh, the affairs of the president in those days. Uh, it's all different now in regard to sex, but it's not different so far in regard to UFOs. So far, the press is willing to uh, agree that UFOs are a national security issue. Sex is not a national security issue. So I think that's how the lid is kept on. Um, why we haven't had Edward Snowden, who would dump um, secret UFO reports out, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. Partly, I wonder if the press itself thinks that UFOs are too dangerous for the culture to absorb, and therefore they're willing to keep UFOs a secret. Um, I was talking with a local <clears throat> newspaper editor uh, many years ago, maybe not more than 10 years after the Bible Flying Saucers are published, he said to me, I think what you're doing is very dangerous. And I think he meant that, that it would be destructive of the culture if my kind of views ever came out into the open and were accepted by the public. So I think there's a, a general sense of responsibility to the culture to go with the government on keeping this covered up. Um, Victor Marchetti wrote a book called the CIA, the cult of intelligence. And one of the things he said is that there is someone on the payroll of the CIA in every major media center in the United States. So I think that the control power is there for in regard to UFOs. Uh, think think of the uh, the planes, the uh, the supersonic planes that were developed, and they weren't 
flown by UFO guys. They were flown by our guys for years, and we didn't know about the first Iraq war. Suddenly, the stealth bombers were doing their stuff, and the newspapers never printed a copy of a photo of these things or anything. So the, the press was willing to help with the cover-up of uh, stealth aircraft, mm -hmm. uh, but the, and I think they're willing to help with the cover-up in regard to UFOs. Uh, and that's kind of where we are. Uh, what could break it? I don't know. I think, I think it would have to break outside the United States first. Or the other thing is that um, one of the religious UFO settings is Fatima, Portugal, in, yeah. in 1917. And uh, we, since we're running to the end, I won't give details on this. I do talk about it in detail in my new book. But basically, something that. Um, was called a miracle. It was a silver disc spinning that came down in the sky and was seen by 50,000 people. Uh, if the same kind of disc were to hover over a football game, <clears throat> uh, either in Canada or the United States, with 50,000 people watching, I think that would that would break the lie. That would be the end. Of, then we'd go to disclosure. So if if it, if it happened in Fatima, why yeah. hasn't it happened anywhere else? Because guys in charge of the UFOs don't want to happen yet, so I'm I'm as much disturbed by the guys mm -hmm. in charge. And if it's God and His angels, okay, then my prayer life is focused on them and said, "What are you guys waiting for?" Yeah. You know, I think we need the truth. I think our culture needs the truth. I don't think we need the lies to go on. Um, and I, I, I just I just feel like our culture is decaying at a very rapid rate. Maybe I'm old and that's it, but uh, that's how I feel and. Unless we can kind of recover a sense that we've been created by a God who has a purpose for us and loves us, and that uh, killing to gain an identity is not a good way to go at it. And yet, so much of this is in our culture, in yeah. our media, in our films, our TV shows. Uh, it's, well, that's what we got. What would you say to the question, was Jesus Christ an extraterrestrial? Okay, that's obviously a dangerous question, which to just say, yes, he's an extraterrestrial could get me tried for heresy, I suppose. But the Nicene Creed, it says that Jesus came down from heaven for our salvation, became an, um, incarnate by the Virgin Mary, and so on. So actually, to say that Jesus came from another world is a fundamental teaching of the Nicene Creed. Jesus in John chapter 6, verse 38 says, for I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that all who were given to me, none should be lost, but that I should raise them up on the last day. So that's kind of uh, the nutshell image of who Jesus saw himself as, according to John's gospel. Now, the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, never phrase it quite this way. But at the same time, I think the best way to make sense of how Jesus could turn water to wine, uh, could feed 5,000 with a few loaves of bread, uh, could heal the blind, the lame, make the lame walk, could raise the dead. This means, to me, he had powers that humans don't have. And where did these powers come from? I think they came from another world, a heavenly world, uh, the world mm -hmm. from which Jesus came. Because Jesus said, you know, before Abraham was, I am. Uh, you are of this world, I am not this world. It seems clear that he had a pre-existence before he came to earth. And then, of course, Acts chapter 1, Jesus ascends to heaven. He goes back to where he came from. So I think to say that Jesus is an extraterrestrial is biblically correct. It's uh, correct according to the Nicene Creed. Yeah. And, but to say he went, like, to say he came from Mars, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that. But uh, he's come from some world, not on earth. If if Moses really didn't exist, how can we be sure that anything in the Bible is real? Probably you can't, okay? Um, I think this is where faith is an issue. Mm -hmm. uh, read Hebrews chapter 11, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the assurance of things not seen. So that faith is not like science in the sense that science works to get absolute proof of what they've got. Uh, I don't think people of faith can ever get uh, 
absolute proof until we die and get on the other side. So believing in Moses, believing in Jesus uh, is an act of faith for me. Uh, the reason I've been working on the science side is that too many people <clears throat> like Richard Dawkins, who wrote The God Delusion, uh, seem to have a field day of saying all the stuff in the Bible is scientifically impossible. I can't prove that the, thing, that the Red Sea parted, okay, but I can make it plausible. And if I can make it plausible, I feel I've done enough. Uh, the fa faith has to take you the rest of the way. Got about a minute and a half left here, Barry. Um, here's my final question to you. If you are wrong in your beliefs about UFOs, what will God say to you on the Day of Judgment? Yeah, well, it could be bad. <laughs> uh, my hope is that uh, the, uh, the God of the Bible is a mm -hmm. forgiving God. That's, that's what I'm counting on, and not just about my UFO stuff. Right, uh, right. And so... Uh, I think that God understands that I've been trying to <clears throat> to make a witness for the possibility that the things reported in the scriptures are true and that they're true about God. Um, the We in modern times, I think, have trouble distinguishing between the God of the Bible who appears, let's say, at the burning bush or in the pillar of cloud and of fire or in angelic form, which is a physical form, from the God who is everywhere. Uh, in my second book, Instead of talking about God being imminent, I talk about him being everywhere. And so part of the problem for theology is to distinguish between the everywhere God, which you can't see and you can't touch, and the God who can appear in physical forms and angelic forms. And of course, Jesus is the ultimate uh, angelic form from a Christian point of view. Barry, our time is up for tonight, but I do want to thank you ever so much for coming back to the Axone after all these years. I wish you continued success and please keep up your great work. You're an inspiration to many people. Thank you, Rob. Take care of yourself, my friend. Blessings. Yep. God bless you too, sir. Exonation, my guest this hour has been the Reverend Dr. Barry Downing. And uh, for more information about him, all you have to do is just Google his name, Reverend Dr. Barry Downing, UFOs, and you'll find everything you need, including how to get copies of his books. They're always a great read. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can always find out what's going on here in the X-Zone and the other great shows that we have on the X-Zone Broadcast Network simply by going to www.xzbn.net. I'll be back after this break with the news. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. 
For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.